here. There is so much here. And the goddess comes also in many sizes, sometimes not curvy, voluptuous, sometimes very petite, sometimes very large and round, Mm -hmm. sometimes very muscular and, you know, built like a brick. The goddess can show up as she is. And (laughs) that's the piece that we're bumping up against that our culture says, oh, no, you only have power and agency and beauty if you fit (sighs) into this particular box, whatever the box is of the era, right? Welcome to the Revelation Project podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project podcast. Today, I'm with Nina Manelson. Nina is a body peace coach. She helps women end the war with food and body and finally feel truly at home in themselves, in their body, really at home. The kind of at home where you can run around naked and not worry about what is good enough or what others will think. The kind of good that allows you to feel ultimate freedom and body peace. Nina is also a certified psychology of eating teacher, a nationally board certified holistic health coach, and a certified body trust guide. She helps her clients move past the deprivation diet paradigm and into a compassionate and powerful way of eating and living, which creates deep, long-lasting change in and with their bodies. Nina works with individuals, groups, and writes body poems, all in service of helping women create a respectful and nourishing relationship with their body. Hi, Nina. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I always think, you know, there really are no accidents because I have a dear friend and she called me yesterday and she's having this incredible awakening around kind of the, what I would call the trance of the diet world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and just, she's really struggled, I think, to not only feel at home in her body, but I would say also at home in the world, in a world that feels uninhabitable when it is completely striving towards this what I will call like this fake ideal of what real women should look like. Yes, yes. That ideal, right? The beauty ideal, the size ideal, it shows up in our culture really as fat phobia and weight stigma, right? There's a way that we're actually not treated as well when we live in a larger body. There's a way that we're not welcome. Chairs are not made available that fit people in larger bodies, right? So it's not, it's so important when we start to, and I love how you said that, come out of the diet trance and the beauty ideal trance. It's so important for us to see that it's not just, oh, what's wrong with me? Let me do this deep inner work, which of course is important. We want to heal our relationship with our food and body. 
but it exists within a culture, a patriarchy, a societal money-making machine that benefits off of our body shame, right? There's a 72 billion with a B billion dollar industry, the diet industry that says, here, you feel bad about yourself here. We'll fix it for you. We got a diet for you. We've got a new thing for you, right? So to really come to that place of ending the war with our food and body and creating body peace, it's an inside job and a how do we relate to the outside job, the outside conversation, the outside paradigm that beauty only looks a certain way, Except, acceptability only looks a certain way. We're only loved if we come in a certain size package. And that is painful, but so important for us to unpack and divest from that diet culture to reclaim ourselves. To reclaim ourselves. Well, and the other thing that really came up, just like you're saying, is that she was sharing with me, like, it's one thing to do this work inside myself. And it's another thing to go out and keep bumping into it in the world. And of course, ironically, there are no accidents. She's in the beauty industry. Yeah. So it's so in her face. Yes. And I say in her face, like it's in all of our faces. Yes. And there's a way that even for that, none of us escape it, even if you are somehow with the ideal size, which as if you can see me, like I'm doing the air quotes, the ideal size. Yeah, yeah. Because actually, the truth is that isn't the true ideal size a 16 or an 18 for women? (laughs) <laughs> isn't there it is no there's no ideal size ah that's the thing there is no ideal size to let that go completely that idea that there is one size that is better than another i think when i said ideal size what i mean is that there i think one of the one of the truths that she uncovered was that in the real world in the fashion world that the ideal size that they fit women in is actually a much bigger size than what they're selling us that the goddess right, right is curvy and voluptuous and that it's a sign of nourishment there's just such a there's so much here there is so much here and the goddess comes also in many sizes sometimes not curvy voluptuous sometimes very petite, sometimes very large and round, Mm -hmm. sometimes very muscular and, you know, built like a brick. The goddess can show up as she is. And (laughs) that's the piece that we're bumping up against that our culture says, oh no, you only have power and agency and beauty if you fit (sighs) into this particular box, whatever the box is of the era, right? We can all remember back to different times, the 50s, super curvy, the 20s, super twiggy, the 1800s, super cinched waist, right? There's always some ideal, some box you're supposed to fit into. And if we can claim our own brand of beauty, if we can claim our own, this is so important, our own relationship with our body, then we reclaim that power, that agency, that sense of of life force and energy and reclaim that so that we can do what we're supposed to do in this world. Give the gifts, give the world the gifts that we 
have instead of being obsessed with, oh gosh, do I fit into that particular box of, you know, I don't know, low rise jeans or super, you know, curvy corseted clothing or whatever the particular style or beauty ideal that's being sold is currently. Mm. And herein lies body peace. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because all of that, that trying, trying, striving, hustling to fit into that beauty box ideal is a war. It's a war that we're having with ourselves every day when we get dressed in the morning, when we look in the mirror, when we see ourselves aging, when we eat breakfast and then, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. And then, oh, maybe I'll eat some just a salad for lunch. Oh no, but now I'm so hungry and now I nibbled and oh my God, like that whole conversation is a war and it's so painful and we deserve better. We deserve body peace. We deserve to feel at home in our own skin in a way that feels like, oh, yay, I get to live here. I get to be in this body as she is, as she is, not as a DIY project. Nothing to fix. As a thing to fix, right? As a a wonderful colleague, brilliant in many ways. But when she was talking to me about her approach to working with women, she said, well, I help women Uh, manage their body like their body's a project, Hmm. like a work project. And I was like, oh, gosh, I could feel like the the terrible tingling in the back of my neck. Please don't manage my body. The culture, diet culture, the medical system, the patriarchy, everybody's tried to manage my body or tell me how to manage my body. We don't want to be in body body management anymore. Mm -mm. We need to shift out of body management and move towards body peace. Because that's where the juiciness lies. There's so much permission there. Yes, there's so much permission. But inside that permission is wisdom. Inside that body piece is trusting our body, listening deeply for the wisdom. What does she say? What does she want? What kind of food works for her? What kind of food doesn't work for her? What kind of movement makes her feel joyful and happy and want her to do more? And what kind of movement makes her feel like she's being tortured and makes her feel like, gosh, I never want to do that again. That's a big chore. So when we come into that relationship of body peace, we come into relationship with the incredible well of wisdom that our body holds. What I love about this conversation, there's so many things, but the process of making peace with your body also really requires us to feel again. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. We want to feel and in that to get to that place of feeling, right, we have to be in body listening. We don't just no, ta-da, I know what to feel. I know how to feel. That feeling when we, when someone says, how do you feel? And you authentically answer, there's a moment where we go, huh? And we tune towards ourselves. We tune in. We attune. That is body listening. Mm-hmm. And that's something we were actually trained right out of. That's right. Early on, we were trained out of the deep body listening. We were trained into 
what does someone else think? What does someone else feel? What What's more acceptable? The example I always use when I've worked with nurses, I'm like, when do you need to pee? She's, they're like, I have no idea. I'm so used to holding my pee for hours as I work that I honestly don't even feel it when I have to pee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's come down to the most basic of body listening and honor it. Oh, I need to pee. Okay, let me actually go right now, not wait. No, I got to do five more things. Then I'll go pee. No, I got to pee. Let me go pee. And that's actually a very powerful, basic body listening practice to say, my body's saying something and now I respond to her. Oh my God, it's so true, right? About the peeing thing. We hold it. We hold it all. We hold our breath. We hold our pee. We hold our tummies in. We We hold it all. Yes, that holding is exhausting. It's so exhausting. When I speak to women, when clients come to me, they're like, you know, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired of being on the diet roller coaster. I'm so tired of feeling bad about myself. I'm so tired of the critical voice in my head all the time. It's exhausting. It is frankly a waste of our energy. If we can reclaim that energy of like, oh, being in this constant holding, then we can, again, do what our hearts desires, be as powerful as we're supposed to be, shine the way we are meant to shine. Nina, when do you think this, this whole body relationship, you know, like the disease, I'll call it, of our bodies begins? Gosh, it's so interesting. When I ask women in my workshops, how long have you been dieting? How many years? And I tend to work with women who are over 40. Often women say I've been dieting 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Mm. So a lot of this disconnect from the wisdom of our body and the starting of dieting happens before 10 years old for many women, for many girls, right? The messages from the media and now social media for our kids is brutal on their relationship with their body. And so what we're looking at when you ask such a powerful question, when does this start? You're asking the question, when does this authentic relationship that you have with your body and your food get interrupted? Mm. When was it interrupted? And it happens at different times for different people. Some people, it was interrupted right away as a baby because I was put on a feeding schedule that was very restrictive and very controlled. And so right away, I start. I learned that being hungry was scary, that my, my, my hunger would not be addressed, right? That happens babyhood. For some people, you know, I was five years old and I was all round and everybody went, oh, she's such a chubby little kid. You should put her on a diet. Right away, that relationship of delight and fun and growing in a five-year-old is interrupted with your body should be different, right? Later, right? When I was nine, my mom was going on a diet and I was like, well, I don't know. I want to be like my mom. I'll go with you. We went to Weight Watchers together. My relationship with my body was interrupted at nine years old because Weight Watchers was telling me what to eat and how to eat at nine years old. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm re- I'm having a memory just as you're speaking of a, a similar thing. Like when my mom started to get, it, it almost looked like freeze dried food in these. Like she would come back home with a box, and she would have gotten weighed, and she yes had rations, rations for yes. her food. I mean, it's <laughs> oh, insane. God. It's frigging insane. It is. It is. It is. When we look at it and start to pull it apart. And shine a light on rations and deprivation. Like, what are we? Ugh. What are we? We're, it's like being in, in prison. Like, we're getting, we're putting ourselves in a prison and we're getting rations. Yes. Yes. And we are. That is the truth. So well said. We are imprisoned in our own body. Our body should not feel like a prison. Eating food should not feel like walking through a field of landmines. No, it should feel like our body is a sacred place to live. Our body is a delightful, pleasurable, joyful place to live. And food is a realm of nourishment, of creativity, of excitement, of deep pleasure, And that relationship between this place that we live and this thing that nourishes us is one that works in harmony, not one that we're like, oh, did I do it right? Oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't. What should, what diet should I go tomorrow? Oh, everybody's into keto. Maybe I'll do keto, right? Like, ah, exhausting. Exhausting. Well, okay. So you, you just kind of brought up some magic words for me Mm -hmm. because what you just pointed to was these what I call feminine energies, that first of all, as women, we're built for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you said creativity. And there's this way that when we restrict ourselves, when we're rationing, when we're starving ourselves, and we're not allowing, and we're not, it's like, it's that complete shutdown of the feminine. And when I look at what the world needs the most of and what we need the most of, men and women, it's more of the feminine. And there's this way that I think pleasure and food are so, are like really important dance partners. Mm-hmm. That nourishing, that that nourishment of our pleasure, that that feeding, that that way that we really fulfill ourselves, fill ourselves, it's been made to be a bad thing. (laughs) Right, right. To feel full is made to be a bad thing, right? Often when people, um, when I'm working with women and they're like, yeah, but I feel full. And then that feeling of fullness makes me feel shame. Mm. I'm like, you ate. Eating is actually a life affirming event. You want to be alive. You are nourishing yourself. You are giving yourself life, right? And for us to embrace that. I literally have to tell you that I feel grief up here in my, like, right at the base of my throat right now as you're talking. It's like a grief. Yeah. Like that, that a woman would feel shame, you know, and I know, I know that feeling because like, we've all felt it. Yes. We've all felt that shame when we feel full, like, and it's like this, 
it's such a it's such a tragedy. Yes, it's a tra- tragedy. It's a travesty. It's it's truly a divorce of incredible power. Our culture has divorced itself from the power of women by trying by not trying by actually quite effectively controlling women to disengage from their body. Yes, we have made the body uninhabitable, (laughs) emotionally uninhabitable. Yeah, because it's hard when we're experiencing shame, right? This is something Brene Brown talks about. When we're experiencing shame, shame thrives in darkness. And so women have this incredible shame about their body. There's this sense of, I don't want to tell anybody what I ate. I've been sneak eating. I've been doing late night binging. I don't want to show anybody my body. I'm going to, you know, hide in the back of the pictures, right? All this shame. And what we really need to heal that shame is to come out into the light to reclaim our feminine power, to reclaim our bodies, which is this incredible sacred vessel of our power and to speak up and be like, yes, here's my body. This is what I'm feeling. It's part of why I do a lot of the work that I do in groups of women, because when we can heal our shame and be seen, right, then we can claim, then we can say, yes, I choose my own agency, my own power, my own sensuality, my own creativity, my own feminine power, when I choose my desire, my hunger, my food, my when I want to eat, how I want to eat. When we say yes to eating, instead of, oh, no, I should never eat, I should eat less. And that gets scary for women. What say yes to eating? give myself permission to eat. It's so contrary to what we've been raised with. And it brings up a fear of if I say yes to eating, then oh my gosh, I will just eat for decades. And I will be as large as a house. And I will never stop. And I can't trust my body. That's the work of body peace, right? How do we get to that place where we can trust that we can give ourselves what we truly need and desire? And that we'll know what's the what right food, what's the right thing, when's the right time to start eating, when's the right time to stop eating, when am I full, when am I hungry, really being in that place of conversation, authentic conversation. Authentic conversation. And I, I want to, you know, also really invite our listeners here as we're talking to really understand too that this, there's a lot to unpack, right? When you start flipping the script on this conversation. Um, so what I, what I want to point to here is that this is, this becomes, this gets to be a process and it gets to take as long as it needs to take because it, it, ha- it really is a practice. Like when we think of how long we've been conditioned to be at war with ourselves and with our body, what comes up, as you just noticed, of course, just even talking about it is a lot of grief. Yeah. And so there's also this gentleness 
And what Nina's pointing to also is this self-approval, this continual self-approval as you're affirming yourself for everything that you feel and are needing to think to disentangle all of this, to, to unbecome from the way society has kind of conditioned us to be at war with our body. And I want to say, it's not your fault. Yes. It's not your fault. So important. And I also want to say that once we know, once we kind of get this piece, then it becomes just a way to gently kind of start to reacquaint yourself. Yeah. In a gentle way, because, because Nina, what comes up for a lot of women when they start going through this piece is this, this realization of how hard on themselves and how actually abusive they have been to themselves. And there's a whole nother layer there that is really hard to confront. Yeah. I want to go back to one thing you said um, before we continue, though, is this idea of being a process. Mm. This incredible process of reclaiming our relationship with our food and body. And it's so important that you underline that because we're taught that it's not. We're taught that it's a quick fix. Lose seven pounds in seven days. Do this 21-day intensive. Do this, do that. Like All of the quick fixes condition us that we can just snap out of this dream. We can snap out of this diet culture. But it is absolutely a practice. That's why I call the body piece work is body piece practice because we're so pushed to get through any issue with ourselves, turn it around. But that's not what it takes. It takes patience. It takes self-compassion. It takes support. And it's so worth it, especially when I hear those women say, I've been on a diet for 30 years. I'm like, that's some serious conditioning. But it can change. We can feel good in our body. Nina, why did you use the word dream? Because it is. It's not real. Our culture has told us this, these grams, you have to pay attention to the grams and the calories and the BMI. And even like I say, it's like a dream, like it's a fantasy, like the way you use the word trance, but it's also literally not real. There is science that says that the BMI, the body mass index, is actually an inaccurate and useless way of measuring people. It was not created for us, for women. It was created for insurance purposes. And then it was used at us to make us feel bad. There's so much sort of false science in the land of calories and grams that literally it's not real. It's not just not real because we need to snap out of the trance. It's not real because calories in and calories and calories out, the idea of if you just eat less calories than you expend, you will lose weight. That That's not real either. There's so many other factors that go into why we are the size that we are. It could be hormonal shifts. It could be 
physical, medical issues going on. It could be just straight up biology. This is the way your body is meant to be. But when we're beating ourselves up with, oh, well, if I could just eat less, then I expend in terms of calories, then I'll lose weight. It's not real. It is a dream. The reality is I am living in this body. This body is my home for the rest of my life. And I get to inform, choose, create the kind of relationship I have with this home. And I can choose a relationship that is positive, that is supportive, that is peaceful, that is loving, that is compassionate. And that makes living in a body fun. And Nina and I chose a card before we started. And the card that we chose was the Dreamwalker. And we got a challenge. And the challenge, I've never read the card, but I'm going to read it with your permission, Nina, because I think I'm, I'm now I'm realizing that spirit wanted us to, you know, that there was a challenge here also for everyone. And the challenge in the card was this. The dreamwalker challenges you to wake up from your restless sleep in which you're not dreaming at all. This is the time to remind yourself of your passions and pleasures and aspirations you may have left behind. Perhaps you should reconsider and allow yourself your precious dreams again. Don't give up. There's always a way they can return to you as long as you don't try to dictate the forms they take. Another way the dreamwalker challenges you is when you're in the middle of a nightmare brought on to you by others. Wake up and don't struggle, for she reminds you that the divine will lead you out of this bad dream into a much better one. This too shall pass. Be mindful that you have a unique and special purpose. You're always actively influencing your reality through your thoughts and reactions to life's challenges. So powerful, so powerful. And when you were reading that, I thought about the dream that we're sold, right? We have to wake up from that dream. And uh, with your permission, I would love to read one of my body poems that speaks to this dream of the diet. I would love that. So this, so I write body poems and I write them because I feel like we need a new way of, we need a way, not even a new way. We need a way of talking about our relationship with our food and body that's different, that isn't diet based, that isn't about management, that's about relationship. So my body poems are often about the different relationships we have with our body. And this one is called The Diet Promise. She whispered in my ear, all your dreams will come true if you're thin. She promised love, power, wealth, privilege, and sexiness. If I could just stick to her rules, if I could simply stop eating, tame my hunger, squelch my desire, turn away from pleasure, and follow the rules, she promised she would take care of me. Every time I read a magazine, watched a movie, tried on clothing, I heard her controlling whispers. She infiltrated my life and not only mine. My friends and I would confide in each other about the latest promise we had made to her, our diet 
and to ourselves. When I planned a trip, the sinister diet voice would swear to me and sometimes swear at me. The more fun, the more fun could be had if only I started my diet now. But she lied. Dieting never took me to the land that she promised. Her directions only took me to my own hell of self-doubt, of self-hate, of deep shame, of my own skin. But there's only so long I'm willing to be seduced by her. Now, when I hear her whisper drop seven pounds in seven days, I hear the real message. I hear our culture keeping women small in all ways to mute our power. I hear you are not enough as you are, and I know that isn't true. The truth is our power, strength, and authentic beauty come from listening to our own wisdom the wisdom that lives in the whispers of our body, that tell us what we need, what we feel, who we truly are. These are whispers we can trust. Tears again. (laughs) You know, that is so beautiful. But in what you pointed to there was this piece that I think is so it's all so provocative and powerful, but the piece I want to point to here is the part about being sold that dream and the culture and, and how the culture benefits from keeping women small and from telling us that our hunger is less than holy. Yes. Yes. Because our, our hunger is what is so attached to our desires, to our passions. Yes. When we hunger... When we think about, in even just, I'm going to juxtapose this for a minute, about all of the people in the world that go hungry. Yes. And where I want you to look at is you. You know, like, yeah, we can look out there at all the hunger. And we're trying to solve world hunger. I mean, that feels so ironic to me right now. Mm-hmm. Because what we have to solve is, or not solve, is our own hunger, is, is allow for our own hunger to, to awaken within us again and to be as big as it needs to be. Yeah. What you're speaking to is so important to instead of like, oh, my hunger, I don't want to be hungry. I shouldn't be hungry. I can't believe I'm hungry. I shouldn't have a craving. And we move that whole powerful, ball of desire away from us. Let's move it towards us. Let's actually reach out and bring our desire towards us and bring our hunger close and go, what am I truly hungry for? What am I hungry for? And look at the deeper, deeper levels of hunger, of desire, of Whether it's, you know, I'm hungry for a chocolate chip cookie. Great. Okay, what is it? What do you want about that? Well, you know what? I just want the chewy and I want the sweet. Great. Let's get a chocolate chip cookie. Okay, what what else are you hungry for? I'm hungry to feel like a little kid who's on a break, who gets milk and cookies at the end of the day. Great. Let's give you that hunger. What else are you hungry for? I'm hungry for a little sweetness in my life. Great. Let's get that too. Let's look deeper and deeper into each hunger so that we can nourish ourselves. I mean, God forbid, goddess forbid, we indulge ourselves, right? (laughs) Right? Like there's, there it is again, that full permission to just, yes, 
get stop withholding from yourself to actually that and what I'm hearing, which is so beautiful is that I always talk about these all of these aspects of ourselves that are hungering. It's like we're never just working with one hunger. We have kind of kept ourselves from just feeling our own hunger in all of these ways. And so I'm sure that when we start allowing them, we're going to find that we're insatiable in some ways, you know? There is some of that, right? Oh my gosh, I am so hungry. And that fear comes up. There's so many ways to, to explore this, but one is the fear comes up like, oh my gosh, if I, if I really allow myself to be hungry, again, there's that fear I will eat forever. But it's also so interesting to look at those deeper hungers. Um, this morning, I was uh, on a call with a client. And we literally just made a list of all the things because she felt like she had really struggled. She'd come to me a year into the pandemic and was feeling like it was really hard for her during the pandemic. It was really hard for her. And the way she coped was food. She's not alone in that. All of us did, many of us did a really great job of taking care of ourselves, soothing ourselves, entertaining ourselves with food during the pandemic. And now we're blaming ourselves for that, right? Where actually it was a really phenomenal coping mechanism, mm -hmm. a survival mechanism. But what we started to do was let's look at all the hungers, all the hungers that were there for you that couldn't get met, social hunger, entertainment hunger, engagement hunger, you know, nature hunger. There was so many hungers and desires that were, that we have been really doing without this year, that it makes sense that food would start to be a stand-in for many of them. Mm -hmm. And again, there's no shame in that. That's survival so important to look at our unwanted behaviors around food, whether it's binging or nibbling all day or sweet cravings or whatever it is, as a doorway into a deeper knowing of ourselves, as a, as a doorway into the healing that's available, a doorway into what's important to us. A doorway into revelation. Absolutely. It's so interesting, Nina, right? Because there's, I think that we're always being asked to look below the surface, to really get to know ourselves in this deep, soulful way. And food and body is an easy doorway. It's not that it's easy work, but it's there every day. I often joke that some people could go to, you know, $10,000 self-help workshops, but those of us who struggle with food and body issues, all we have to do is sit down for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all our issues are there. Mm -hmm. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me, I need to fix it. It's like, oh, here's an opportunity for me to live in that rich depth of self-examination, self-exploration, self-awareness, and as you say, self-revelation. So Nina, I want to kind of also just really inquire with you about what what would be like a powerful first step cuz you and I have like just I I feel like laid a feast <laughs> to continue the <laughs> metaphor on a table for our listeners and for women and men, but of course 
to, to really think about here, because it's not just women that struggle with this. Although, what I will say is that society has a very cruel and unusual way of torturing women with this particular subject. Yes, yes, that is true. So what would be a powerful first step for our listeners who want to step into this a little bit more and really kind of understand more about the body peace method? Yeah. So a very powerful first step is that I have a, an ebook available on my site called How to Be a Woman at Peace in Your Body. And it really explores some powerful dynamics about the two kinds of relationships that society kind of throws out for us to have. Like, but that's it. That's all you get. And then really steps into how do we create a richer relationship with our body. That's one powerful way. The other thing is I have a phenomenal group of women and we um, gather to be on the, the body peace path. And that's the body peace seekers. And you can find more information about that on my site, ninamanelson.com. You can also reach out to me. I'm on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook at Nina Manelson. And you can always just email me, nina at ninamanelson.com. If you feel like, you know what, I like I'm struggling. I'm struggling in this relationship with food and body and I don't know where to start. Let's figure it out. Each of us are at a different place in our relationship with food and body and deserve a not one size fits all program. We deserve to have uh, guidance and support that really fits where we are and the kind of relationship that we want to create with our body. Nina, I love that you just offered your email address. Thank you. That is amazing. And I couldn't agree more. It's just this for all of us to really recognize that we deserve, you know, to have something that really works for us. And if you need that extra conversation, that personalized conversation, that personalized path, somebody to really listen in a way that feeds you, that nourishes you, that helps you to really get, you know, get this, this piece, this part for yourself, because Yes, to all of those self-indulgences. This is such a big piece of the self-love puzzle, I think. And yes. And what I also really comes up for me to just really, you know, want to end on the note with you, Nina, of like, gosh, it's just been such a illuminating and revealing episode here because, of course, I have really just been marveling as you've been talking at how affected I I am, like how emotional this is for me. And I'm just imagining too that it is for our listeners. And so first of all, I want to just say, thank you. Thank you for bringing this conversation to the world in the way that you're doing it. It's so powerful. Mm. <laughs> and then thank you. Yeah. And I also for for all of us, you know, what I want to invite us to do here is to what would it be to create like to dream a new dream for our relationships with our body and for our relationship with society in in a way that really allows us to dream and dream a new dream about this because that is how it happens that is how we create a new reality is we first have to dare to dream a different dream 
Yeah. And to know that we deserve a different reality in our relationship with our body and food. You do not have to stay in that prison. You do not have to be at war with your food and body. This is something that can shift and that we all deserve to feel free in our body. We all deserve to feel at peace in our body. We all deserve to feel like it's a good place to live. So important. And yes, this is a deeply emotional process with so much grief because we have been imprisoned. We have been in the restriction and restraint. And it's sad. It's heartbreaking. I feel, you know, so much lighter just feeling like we've we've brought this conversation. So again, Nina, thank you so, so much. And of course, we'll we'll come back. We'll we'll have another one because I feel again like there's so many places that we could have a deeper conversation. But I love that we kind of unpacked it today. And I'm just gonna leave this visual of a feast on the table so that we can mm. come back and sit down and, you know, have have another meal here. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Awesome. Yes. And and so obviously for our listeners, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.